everybody. Welcome to Grounded with Brandon and Craig. Um, this is Grandma Chenault, also known as Brandon, and sitting across from me is Craig. Howdy, Sonny. How are you? I was good. <laughs> Till I ended I feel up like into a, the nursing home. I feel like a Looney Tunes character. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason he did that is, is he, uh, I kept, I keep calling him Grandma Chenault. He, um, <laughs> Keeps complaining. He runs, you know, as as you as he's told you. But he keeps complaining about his feet and his heels and his ankles and his knees. No, my heels feel good. My knees actually feel good. And his elbows and his fingertips and his earlobes and his nose and his chin. And so finally, he sends me a picture the other night with his feet propped up. He's got a hot water bottle on it or something like that. It was ice. He's wrapped in an afghan. An afghan. Was not. And he was knitting. There's an image for you. Well, thanks for joining us today. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> so he's got the nickname as the lovable Grandma Chenault. Grandma so next Trump. time you see him, call him Granny Chenault. <laughs> and Granny S. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I have been battling a little bit of a foot problem. I wouldn't even call it an injury. It's just a nuisance. I ran um, two Mondays ago. The doctor will be here shortly to check up on you. <laughs> that would be great, okay. honestly. I'm half tempted to get an appointment just to, for them to say, hey, yeah, you're good to run the half marathon in Amish country in two weeks because I don't want to do more damage because of my schedule next year of what I want to accomplish next year. Right. And so I want to – That's you know, three Afghans in a – Three. Okay, gotcha. I want to get those knitted. <laughs> exactly. And Yeah, let me know. I'm going to knit right. you one with a Cincinnati Reds logo in the oh, middle of Oh, perfect. I like that. Yeah. Um, actually, I probably could figure it out. My mom could teach me. She she knits and sews and all that stuff. But anyways. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so – Yes, but I, I ran around Richwood there a couple of Mondays ago and I ran seven miles. And it was shortly after that, like a day or two later, that my the top of my foot started. It's just kind of a dull pain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on the out, kind of the outside, upper outside of that bigger bone that runs mm-hmm. up from your your um, what your pointer toe. I don't know your big toe. <laughs> I don't know the wow. technical terms. Your pointer toe. Um, <laughs> But anyways, so oh, man. your thumb toe. That's what this that's guy what needs be. therapy, guys. He's like, <laughs> literally he, he, old aches and pains is his name, I'm right? Like, <laughs> exactly. But no, here's what I think. I think um, I can't wait till you're my age. I think what caused it <laughs> is your beloved Chip and Seal roads. Oh well, I hate those roads because I ran seven miles. A majority of it was on those Chip and Seal roads, and. You know, running on that, your footing's not as secure. And so well, what, no. I've, what I've read. Our cars and, aren't as secure either. Exactly. But what I've read is like when you're running on, um, on terrain that's not as even and right, your right. footing's not secure, your muscles, like your calf muscles will have to work a little harder. And so if one is compensating, you're compensating. You're going to like something might happen. Correct. So you're thinking about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're I compensating. That. I and so that. I think that's what the, I didn't, I don't think I did any, any major damage. It's just sore. Yeah. And in the last couple of times I've ran, it's, it's felt pretty good while I was running. Like yeah. I started running on Friday morning and it was like really hurting. And like a quarter of a mile in, I wanted to stop, but I said, no, push through. You got this. And so I pushed through. I ended up running four miles. Like once I got a mile in, it was feeling really good. But in the evenings when you're got your feet propped up with a hot water bottle on it and you're drinking your warm milk, it's a sleepy time tea. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's mine and Kennedy's thing. She'll come to me and she'll just look at me like she won't ask the question. She'll just look at me with these little pouty eyes. She goes, sleepy time tea. So your daughter, Kennedy comes to my office all the time. And I always say, may I help you? May I help you? And she's like, no. 
And so, did you see what she did to me yesterday? <laughs> no. She walked to the front of my desk where I was sitting there, and she went, Craig, and I was like, what? She went, may I help you? And I busted out <laughs> laughing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and just think, five years ago. She hated me. She wouldn't talk to you. Now, how old was she then? Two. One, two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the only the only thing she would talk to you for would be to say, where's Nita? Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So, hope your foot gets to feeling better. And, Thank you. But um, it is fun to uh, see you wrapped in the shawl in Afghan. You know, anything for your pleasure. It, you know what? When I got the picture, I just busted out laughing. I was like, right. Granny. Right? <laughs> you sent me this uh, this gif of these couple old women dancing. I did. <laughs> Grandma Chenault. Oh, uh, so uh we're drinking coffee today as always and as always. We have our shot of espresso, espresso. Yeah. and um it's good. I really like it. So the coffee that we're uh drinking this morning is from Black Rifle. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the name. It is called Fieldcraft Survival Endurance. I like that name. Yeah, and it's a good coffee. Mine I'm drinking mine straight black. Um, because I drank my shot of espresso straight before I didn't pour mine in my coffee. You're drinking your shot of espresso in your coffee. In my coffee. That's yeah. the way I like it. I like it in my coffee. Right. It enhances the coffee. It, so yeah, this is a good coffee though. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, it's very smooth. It is very smooth. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's very good. So, um, it's always nice on a rainy morning. It is. And so it is raining. And we got, uh, tonight, uh, we were supposed to have the back to school bash. Correct. That's been canceled. Yep. Because of the, uh, yeah, it's looking weather. kind of nasty all day long. And that will yeah. get where they were going to do everything. I get it. You know, uh, it's going to be soupy up there uh, in those fields and soupy. all that stuff. And also I saw later on this afternoon, like sometime like after one, there are like thunderstorms coming in. So winds and wrecked winds. I've got to get home here after we podcast. No, I mowed yesterday, thankfully. I, I wish I did. I mowed. I, I had not mowed in far too long. And and so what is today? So I mowed yesterday before we went swimming. I mowed for a little bit. Wow, like after After church. I went home and had some leftovers real quick and then mowed a little bit. And then we went swimming for a couple hours, came back. I mowed the rest of the yard because it was like, if it's going to rain, I've got to get this thing done because it was a jungle already. Yeah, yeah. So, well, rain come on. Here yeah. we go. It's supposed, it's only supposed to be like 70 today. 70 yeah, tomorrow. like 70, oh, 70 71 today, yeah. I think. And the rain will keep it cooler. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I, I know you know this, but I don't know if everybody else knows this or not. But last Wednesday night, uh, we had three more baptisms. Yes. So, so in a span of a few days, we had quite a few baptisms. I Seven. called it a little, yeah. little mini week of Pentecost. That's right. That's right. <laughs> But yeah, we had uh, Amy and Josiah Robinson, and uh, her son Benjamin was mm-hmm. uh, baptized. So that was nice. Awesome. That's awesome. It was a good, uh, good, good evening, and um, think I'm thankful they allowed me to share that with them. So, yeah, I wanted to be here for that, but we had open house for Jordan for yeah. middle school. Middle school. We never did any of that back in the day. They just sent us in, and right? That was it. Exactly. You know, <laughs> good we, luck on your voyage. <laughs> you know, we had a uh, you know an old cigar box that we kept our. You know, pens and pencils and mm-hmm. um, whatever else we needed. That was it. Right. I mean, we didn't have like, you know, all this like the school never put out, oh, your kids need 12 of these, one of oh, these. Oh, yeah. No, you know crazy. what? You just fend for yourself. Why does my kid need right. 93 pencils? Right. And so my, my question is, is this, is like, can everybody just let us be our, let, let us parent? 
mm-hmm. and let us figure it out without everybody telling us what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause it gets daunting after a while. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, I think, I think everybody's in cahoots. I think the education system is in, in cahoots with Walmart and Kroger and oh, all these yeah. places. So oh, they got yeah. all the pencils and the pens and the erasers and the notebooks. I do. I think the educational hierarchy is in cahoots and they're getting kickbacks on this mm-hmm. stuff. I'm just telling you, it's just, it doesn't seem right because literally back in the day, it's like we're scrambling, you know, the night before. What do you need? Do you need pencils? Yeah, well, yeah, I need pencils. And, you know, so you go off with like three pencils and you may have an eraser and some scissors and that was it. And a pocket knife to sharpen your pencil. Pocket because, knife, you know, exactly. You didn't have a pencil sharpener. Because back in the day, you know, pencil sharpeners didn't only work like 50% of the time. Right. Really? I don't know. For sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. It's all about the money. It's it's all about the money, and that's just – it's getting worse and worse, and not just school stuff. I mean, right. I think we saw that a couple of years ago with some things that were taking place, but anyways, just saying. <laughs> exactly. Just saying. But yeah, I mean, there's like this, hey, open house for middle school, open house for this, open house. That never happened at all. I mean, right. the only open house we had was parent-teacher conference, and I didn't want that to happen. So. <laughs> I've heard stories about you. Exactly. I can imagine why you didn't, yeah, want, that I didn't want that to happen. It was like, oh, I was supposed to tell you guys that was last week. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I just can't believe she's in middle school. It's like yesterday we brought her home from the hospital. Middle school today, beginning high school, engaged, married. Mm, let's not talk about that. Yeah. I mean, it happens fast. She'll be driving. She'll have her learners in like four years. It's how old is she? She's 11. 11. So let's see. 12, 13. So, like, if she's, like, my daughter's age, like, in eight years, she'll be married. Awesome. Thank you for that. Wow. Exactly. Now you're making me feel as old as a grandma. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate that. Goodness. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, not fun. Yeah. But yeah, so well. Hope hope the school year goes well. I, mean, I know school starts tomorrow. Tomorrow, and so uh, um, it's going to be. It's crazy. Ha- they go oh. for a week and a half, okay, and then they're out for the Richwood Fair. So oh, it's like nice. I don't know why they didn't just start until after the fair. Like they're not going to do anything this first week and a half. What time do they have to be there? So I have to have Jordan there about seven thirty. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That'll change your running schedule, won't it? So I'm going to have to get up and start running on the treadmill again for right now because I'm going to have to get up early and like run at like 5.30 on the treadmill because it's too dark. Good luck. What? I mean, I'll be in bed, but so good I'll, luck. Can you call me and wake uh-uh. me up? Okay, I'll call you. Dude, I'm 20 years older than you now. I'll I'm not call gonna you. Do that. You can call me if you want. I'm not going to answer. Right? <laughs> yeah, you keep your phone on silent. You exactly. You don't care. <laughs> Exactly. So, so yeah. So good luck on the school year. Hope it goes you. well. Hope everybody's safe. And um, and yeah, we do have the Richwood Fair coming up. We've got um, our uh, Richwood Fair service that we do, the worship service that mm-hmm. we do um, it's every three year. Three Sundays. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Three Sundays. Okay. So I've got a little bit more time than I thought for my my half marathon. So that's good. But yeah, three Sundays, September the third, because we have the twentieth, and then the twenty seventh, and then the third. 
Correct. So, yeah, tw- yeah. September 3rd at 10 o'clock. Uh, we're going to be at the Richwood Fairground at the, is it Bokes Creek? The Bokes Pavilion? Creek Pavilion, yes. And um, if you did not get a pass yesterday, we have passes available for you. You can actually come by the church office anytime and pick those up if you're in this area. Mm-hmm. Just stop by the church office. We'll make sure that you have passes. But um, I think we gave away 130 passes yesterday. Or more, yeah, I might so. have to grab some passes. We'll probably end up with passes for our family, but mom and dad are going to be here. So there's that. Oh, they're coming? Okay, yeah, awesome. They're going to be here that weekend. It's Christian's birthday on Sunday. Are you gonna get, so. Is Willie going to get to play with you? I don't think so. Oh, I doubt on. it. Great place to. He should play. You think so? Yeah. You think so? You ever sing like "Open Up with Rolling the Stones of Texas" or something? He'd be awesome at that. I bet he would be. Yeah. Blue eyes crying in the rain. Oh, now I like that song. He could do it. I bet your dad could pull that off. He's Willie for corners. Absolutely. Yeah. So that'll be nice. Yeah. So we have the Richwood Fair, ten o'clock. Um, always. Yep. Uh, it's always just a great. Great feel. It's a, yep. just a great uh, time to to and worship. We've and been jam packed in there every year. We've been in there. We have been. Um, and um, it, the funny thing about every single year, it seems like there's either some kind of light rain or drizzle mm-hmm. at some point, which kind of I don't know adds to the ambiance. That's a the Richwood Fair, though. It, well, pro- possibly like fair yeah. week. It's always raining. Yeah, I just always know that when I pull into the grass, it's muddy. Last year, because I I hauled that trailer, I'm going to try to do things a little different this year, I think, and and take as long as I can get my truck fixed, take my truck, take my car, and put everything in there and go from there. But we'll see. Right. So Get that truck fixed so you can – I scared you the other day, though, didn't I? Why? Remember you were pulling out of your driveway and – no, you didn't scare me. Okay. Did you know so, it was me? I knew it was you. Okay. As a matter of fact, it was funny how that happened. So, um, I had a, a good friend, Bill, was helping me with the, um, with my truck. So I had a couple brake lines, um, that were rusted and were leaking. And so we went to town to get replacement parts for that and pulled out of my driveway and we were talking about you actually. Really? Nothing bad. Um, but I said, I said, yeah, I said, what time is it? And I looked down at, on my dash and it was like 9.06 or something like that. I can't remember. I said, he may actually be, and I, that's all I got. Or I don't know. I looked up and saw you coming and I said, that may actually be. And, and I stopped and the next thing I knew, the truck that was coming my way, Went left of center. Drifted into your lane bad. so I went left of center, and we were like playing chicken, which was funny for – I had no one behind me, but you had people behind you probably thinking, what the crap? They weren't too close, though. No. And Bill, like, he he, he latched on to to his chair and the the armrests and stuff, (laughs) and and I got back over, and you got back over, and we waved at each other. I'm like, oh, that was Craig. He goes – Oh my goodness. He was like, I didn't know what was going on. I thought we were playing, literally playing chicken. <laughs> I'm going to live meet, a little. I'm going I'm to meet my maker today. Today's judgment day. It's, right. It's here. Exactly. It's now. <laughs> <laughs> Did Tammy hire Brandon to take exactly. me out? <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. So, uh, well, hope you get that fixed and, um, get that ready to go. So, me you know too. Hunting goes. season's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. So, you know how that goes. Yeah. You're going to need that. I mean, I can put a deer in the back of my car, but I'd rather not. You could. I've been there, done that. Every car I've owned, I've put deer in the back of it. Really? Yeah. I'm a redneck from Virginia. I man. don't like deer. I'm, I know. I'll eat it if I have to. That's only if I have to. You have not had it made right. You've actually ate some that I've made you, and you're like, oh, that's not bad. Not bad. Oh, goodness. 
<laughs> so yesterday was pretty Call me good. <laughs> Grandma, you're a sissy. <laughs> what? Yesterday was a good day. I just said you're a sissy. I'm gonna pop you right now. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yesterday was a pretty good day. Um, had a lot of people gone still. Yeah, we because knew that. Of vacations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had a lot of people tell me the week before we're not going to be here because one more weekend before school starts, and then da 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 da, and you know how that goes. So, and uh, I but, do know how that goes. But wow. yeah, it was uh, it was a good day yesterday. I thought the worship was good, and you went solo yesterday. Went so. solo. I had a busy morning yesterday morning. We um, they I've got a, some good friends that put on an archery shoot. It's a benefit shoot. Um, in memory of their daughter, um, that passed away a few years ago. Um, and they give away scholarships. So they do an archery shoot and they also do a, um, 5k okay. during the summer. Okay. And they give away scholarships to, to school students, mm-hmm. um, at the end of the year. And this is one of the fundraisers that they do. It's an archery shoot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they asked me to come up and do a service before the shoot started at 7 a.m. So at 7 a.m. yesterday morning, we, my family and I, we were about 20 minutes northwest of Mount Victory hmm. and pulled back into the church parking lot at about 8.40. You were right behind you. Exactly. You beat me here. Yeah, that was crazy. And so that's why I went solo because I knew that we wouldn't be able to get a um, a good practice in with the, the band and right, all that right. stuff and sound check and everything. And so, and honestly, I think sometimes it's good to mix things up and to, Allie was like, man, you could hear people singing so mm-hmm. well. And you could, mm-hmm. I mean, turn your eyes upon Jesus mm-hmm. and, um, victory in Jesus mm-hmm. and, and even the first couple of songs like you've already won and holy forever, I think has become a, a kind of a favorite already of people. Christian asked, um, Anita to put that in their playlist. Did he? Um, and so that's, that's one of those songs that's just, a. I think it's a, a good song, and well, I thought the uh, I thought the I thought the songs went well with uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. So, yeah. um, but it's uh, always amazing how that works out. Well, I mean, it's like we planned it or something. It's exactly, like, it's, it's almost like you know, you give me An your outline, outline exactly. and, and I pray that the Holy Spirit would help me pick the right songs, exactly. and then I look at your outline and and pick songs from that. It's almost like something like that happens. Something like that. Yeah. So we're, uh, we got two more weeks left in, uh, sermon grab bag. Yep. And, um, I've actually, um, I, I've had people, been all over the place with this sermon series. I've had people mad at me. I've had people think this is awesome. That's not I've just this people, sermon series. Exactly. It's just me. I know. But, right. um, but I had, uh, but most, oh, most generally everybody has been, um, has talked to me, has told me that they've really enjoyed it. Yeah. And, um, it's been kind of like we've hit certain things. And, um, so I've, I've, uh, it's given me the opportunity to kind of, um, you know, sometimes when you get locked into something, like we're coming up on the Ten Commandments, you get locked into the Ten right, Commandments. Right. But my my thought with everything is is that everything applies to everything. Correct. Am I right about yep. that? Scripture applies to almost everything that you see taking place. So whether you're talking about the Ten Commandments or whether we're talking about Nehemiah or whether we're talking about God's wrath or whatever, everything there's something going on right now that applies to every situation mm-hmm. that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that's probably why um, people, you know, have. You know, said, Hey, I really appreciate this or this one really stuck out. I've yeah. been thinking a lot about this one. And, um, I like, uh, have you noticed that when Maria Rowland comes in, almost every says, what's in the grab bag today? She does. And you know what I tell her? I said, like, Oh, this, this sermon today is, is specifically geared for you. And she said yesterday, she goes, you said that last week. I'm like, they're all, they're, they're all, all geared for you, for you Maria. They're so. all for you. <laughs> I like giving her a hard time. She's fun to pick exactly. on. Exactly. What's in the grab bag? Yeah. I've had it called grab bag, garbage bag. <laughs> right. Sandwich bag. Sandwich bag. <laughs> I like to, you know, 
to call it the sermon grab bag where you never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get. And um, we've got two more weeks um, and you get to close us out. I do. That one's going to be fun. I, I don't I may I don't know. I may pull a play out of your handbook. I Go don't for know. It. I'm, just bring down the watch the hellfire and brimstone. Watch the emails. Oh, no, I'm going to tell them, send them to you. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about. I mean, I talked about that and, yesterday. And, I talked about, I said, you did keep sending them because it just makes me more determined than ever. Exactly. So you, um, you, we're going to be after the fair service. Um, we're going to start our 10 commandment series called written in stone. And so I'm going to close out the sermon grab bag with kind of a, um, a little precursor to that, but I'm going to hit a little bit after that talking about the Israelites wandering through the desert. And we talked about the Israelites a lot over the past couple of years. And you know, you and I have talked about that just personally, just kind right. of like we're sitting around right. right now talking and, and talked about how so much alike the Israelites we are. Oh my. Um, we individually, we, I think as the church, we become like the Israelites. We're shallow. Um, exactly. We're whiny. We're gripey. Yep. We're complaining. It's mm-hmm. all about us. It's all about us. Yeah. We don't see what God has done for us. We so mirror the Israelites, it's it's just unbelievable. Yeah. And I realized that um, when we started reading through the Bible recap back, what was that, 2020, I think? And Allie and I were reading the Bible together, and, and we would have, we actually read yesterday afternoon, we sat outside and read in First Samuel, and it's exactly what you were talking about a minute ago. It's like, we were talking about this script, like, we're, we're stopping in the middle of these chapters, and like, man, what do you think about, like, talking about how just it applies um, to today, and that was written... You know, thousands of years ago. Right, right. Um, but I remember reading through that the first year and thinking, man, they're a bunch of turds. And then I remember reading through it the second year. The first year we read it separately. The second year is when we started reading it together every night. Mm-hmm. And and we were talking about it and we we're just talking about how so alike the Israelites we mm-hmm. are just personally and the church and, and everything. And so we're going to talk about um, the Israelites wandering through the desert. And why why they were wandering through the desert because they took a how many day fourteen day journey yeah it's like a fourteen day trip and turned it into forty, 40 years. years so God didn't do that no their disobedience did that their selfishness did that and so we're going to talk about that but you know what's amazing through their selfishness their disobedience God still protected exactly. them exactly led them yep cared for them mm-hmm. dealt with them. Love them, mm-hmm. corrected them, continued to lead them. Exactly, and he does the same thing for us. Exactly. We, sometimes we don't see it, we don't mm-hmm. realize it, and they didn't realize it either. Right. And um, so yeah, fourteen days to forty years. Just <laughs> hey, Moses. Uh, Moses had to have been like a cat on a hot tin roof. Oh my gosh! I you know I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes when I read, um, there's a couple of people in the Bible that I have a I have. Um, uh, sympathy for and uh, one is Jonah because yes. I can totally understand mm-hmm. his feelings that he doesn't want to do this mm-hmm. and so let's admit he's all he's about as human as you can possibly exactly. be just like for we sure. are yep. and so I kind of relate to his personality and I also relate to Moses because Moses had a slight hair trigger at times and he could lose it at times and I I'm better than what I was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Not as good as I like to be, and um, so I kind of understand. And I, you can ask my wife. I've told her uh, probably a million times since we've been married. Man, I, I, I so sympathize with Moses. Man, right. I so th- sympathize with him. And 
I don't understand. God put him in this position and he knew how he was wired and da 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 da. And, um, and I, I, I understand. I, I, I get it all. But man, I have sympathy for that right. guy. I have sympathy because, um, if you read it, I don't think he has much patience with these people after what they have been through and yep. what God has done for them. And so he has no patience for their stupidity. And I'm kind of on the same page. Right. I have right. no patience for people's stupidity, especially if they call themselves Christian mm-hmm. and they continue to act like they're not or they continue to act immature. And so you can see his anger when he comes down the mountain the first time. You can you just feel it when you're oh, reading yeah. it. You feel it. You sense it. You're like, yeah. oh, my goodness. So, um, but, yeah, that'll be good. That'll be really good. So... I'm, I'm looking forward to watch it by video. There you go. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, right. Maybe I'll just record it and not come in that day. Well, you could do that too. Let's yeah. see if that works. Let's do it. Let we me can... know. If, see if that works then. And you and I can just go on vacation. Exactly. So we'll go to the beach. Yeah. And just send be back in videos. Christmas. Right. <laughs> Maybe we should actually do it at Christmas. Because remember last Christmas, it was like eight below zero. And snowing. Horrible. Like two feet of snow. I don't know that it was two feet, but it was a lot. Dude, what was crazy about that? Is that that Thursday? It was sixty eight degrees. Yes, and then it dropped down like on Friday to eight yep. below. Yep, and then the very next weekend it was back up to sixty uh-huh. degrees. Yeah, crazy, 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 crazy. So anyway, Sunday. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we started out with a question, and we talked about Nehemiah. And the question was this: What are you building in your life? And, and I think it's a good question because everybody's building something. Right. We're building something physically, spiritually, emotionally. Uh, we're all building something and it, we're either building good or bad. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. So there's always something being done. And I think that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you're a Christian, you're always going to be aware of who you are in Christ. You have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Right. You have the righteousness of Christ inside you. But the other thing is, is that you always realize that you're not perfect. And so mm-hmm. you've got to continue to change. And I think that's the thing that I see today that doesn't happen a lot with Christian people is that we're baptized and we just stay there at that moment. Like, okay, I'm saved. This is it. This is the pinnacle of this. But God wants so much more for us. Yeah, we continue to try to live based on on our past. We continue to try to, you know, we we made that change. We made that decision, but we still try to do things the way we always did them before. And that's not what God calls us to. No, not at all. God calls us to strip off. You know, that old self. And, exactly. And, you know, I, I like I like the scripture, you know, it talks about, um, you know, the the idea of running a race, too. Mm-hmm. And um, but it talks about, you know, stripping off that, you know, the sin that so easily entangles, uh, entangles us. Um, Did you say entangles us? Entangles us. I like that. Um, I have it here, actually. I used that. Entangles us? No. Um, where was it at? I also threw a word out last week. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, here we go. It's Hebrews 12.1. I actually have Hebrews 12.1. This is 12.1 through 3, but Hebrews 12.1 I've got on my road ID, so that way if uh-huh. I end up in the ditch while I'm waiting for somebody to come rescue me, I can remember this verse. <laughs> okay. um, it's, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. That's our past. That's that's the things that we, we used to focus right. on, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance. That means it's a daily grind, day in and day out. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us, not behind us, but before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. You talked about that yesterday, um, and you close out with this verse as well. 
We're um, almost the, done with this. This is awesome. Right? There we go. The Ooh, champion wow. who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, blah, 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 blah. Um, sorry, I, I went back to my notes from the service yesterday morning. I thought it was really neat that you and I both used that yeah. um, that verse. But, you know, that's what we're called to do. It's so often, I think you're right, people are baptized. They make that that commitment. They make that decision. But then they still try to to live their life the way that they used to live. Exactly, it. they're not stripping off the weight. They're not taking the you know that that sin and throwing it off and try and striving to be more like Jesus. And if you if you're if you're not um, our word is intentional. If you're not intentional exactly. about um, keeping your eyes on Jesus and moving forward, then you're mm-hmm. never going to be you're never going to see yourself for for who you are. Number right. one, I'm a child of God. That God loves me. That this is what it. But He also wants me to mature and grow and to be different because right. that only helps the whole the whole world and the whole kingdom of God advance. So I think that's important. Well, in our story, um, it's about Nehemiah, and I love the I love the story of Nehemiah, and he has this urge to build the walls of Jerusalem back because they're flat, <laughs> they're, they've been destroyed, and. Um, He's doing this in Jerusalem, and to the Israelite people, the city of Jerusalem represented the very presence of God because that's where the temple of God was. So this is why he's he's doing this. But I read a scripture yesterday because I said, once that you become a Christian, like we've talked about, you've given your life to Jesus, mm-hmm. you become the temple of God, correct? So exactly. people are always like, when I was growing up, people would be like, oh, you can't say that in the house of God. You can't, you can't run in the house of God. You can't wear a hat in the house of God. You're in church. You shouldn't be doing this. But you know what people forget? You're the church. Your body is the church. You're, God lives inside of you. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, it says, you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. That's a big word, isn't it? A big line, sure. isn't it? For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. I think the thing that a lot of times we forget as a follower of Christ is that I don't belong to myself. I belong to I belong to a higher power. I belong to you know what God wants me to do. So God wants me to to live a certain way, and if I fight against that, well, I'm still living in the old self. Right. And I that's not the place where God that God wants me to be. And so I talked about that we have a real adversary who's going against us, the the devil. And I and I and and I want people to realize that um this is a real force. This mm-hmm. is not some like red guy in a red suit with pitchforks and horns exactly. and a tail and all that. And uh so but Satan is it. Now that's what the music industry today is trying to show you. It's like, "Oh, this is funny. This is cute." Yeah. You know, it's like, "No, it's real." But in 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9, it says, Stay alert. I love this. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And this is the greatest part of this verse. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. That is good. That is so good. He's telling us, watch out, stay alert, but stand firm. Stand firm. Which means I I can deal with this. Means you can deal with uh, exactly. With so, this is what um, setting this all up. Just saying that he's got a Nehemiah is facing a lot of um, opposition, and um, 
him and his buddies who are building the wall find themselves in opposition and they find themselves into some attacks. And my whole thing with this whole message was I feel like it's the same attacks that we have as we are building our life and as we are standing firm on Jesus. So there's really five attacks, and I think these are the, kind of the same ones that we deal with today. And the first one is, is ridicule. And um, this attack is basically just to kind of make you stick out. Yeah. Make you stick out like you're an idiot, like like you're weird, like you're stupid for following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole world's doing this, but you're actually going to do this. I mean, why can't you just get with the program? Times have changed. It's just to get you to mm-hmm. to, to stick out. So Nehemiah has a uh, adversary. He's a Samaritan by the name of Sanballat. He's totally against the wall, building the walls of Jerusalem. So in Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it says, Sanballat was very angry when he learned that he, we were rebuilding the wall, and he flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying, in front of his friends and the Samaritan army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think that they can build the wall in a single day by offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think that they can make something out of the stones from a rubbish sheet and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, well, that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked on top of it. Yeah. So they're, they're dishing it out. Mm-hmm. And I know that – I know for a fact that people since 2020, since COVID-19, who did not go along with the narrative of the world – who did not go along with the uh, stuff that they were hearing, um, felt the pressure of this. For sure. They yep. felt it at work. They felt it um, with their family. They felt it with their friends. Sometimes their mm-hmm. family wouldn't let them come over because they wouldn't wear a mask. Right. And um, guess what? I wouldn't go over. Mm-hmm. So it's your loss, not mine. Exactly. If you don't want to see me, you don't want to see me. So, right. Um, I, I can't tell you how many letters that I have written for people yeah. for their work to exempt them for religious reasons, to not have the vaccination. Mm-hmm. And we're talking nurses. We're talking medical right, people right. trying to get out of the – so they could be exempted from this. Right. It takes a lot. I mean, they feel the pressure. They feel mm-hmm. the heat. And um, one time somebody told me, you know, just be so much easier if I just went ahead and took the vaccination mm-hmm. so they just take the heat off. And um, I was like, that's your decision to make. Right. But once you cave in once, right, you'll be more apt to cave in um, again. You sounded like a cow stuck in mud over there, bro. Sorry, I was drinking my water. It was like, you know, I, I think too, you know, even beyond that is that's what Satan wants to do. You look back at that Nehemiah four one through three. You know, Satan's going to use people to try to get in your ear, exactly, to say, "Hey, you're not good enough. Hey, what are you trying to do? You can't do this on your own, right? Hey, why don't you just give in and just, you know, just go along? Why don't you just not worry about it because?" Can you really make that big of a difference? Exactly. You can't make that big of a difference. Just don't worry about it. And that's what Satan does. Satan tries to tear you down. Satan tries to ridicule you, um, which is what Satan was trying to do through Sanballat and, and the other guys that, well, that, that and, was with him. And that's the part of it, ridicule you to get you to, sl- to slack off in your spiritual walk. Right, right. So, And you know, you know, if a person really wants to do what God's calling them to do, you mm-hmm. realize when you're, when you're slacking off. Exactly. And, um, and so... What happens a lot of times today, and this has been my catchphrase for three years. I know people are sick of probably hearing it, but this is why we go along to get along. 
So we don't stand out. So we don't stick out like a sore thumb. So I'm not going to be singled out if I don't take the vaccination, if I don't wear a mask or, you know, if I, you know, if I don't go along, you know, I don't say anything at work during Pride Month. I just kind of right. stay in under the radar, you know, so I don't get, no, that's not what you're called to do. And I know that this is a big, big deal right now, but we are being tested like, like, like never before. So uh, we're just living in a time and era. I mean, don't you think that we, we just need courage? We need the courage of God. We need the courage of God's spirit in our life to where we just drive a stake in the ground where we're like, you know what? We're not getting moved. We're going to stay right here where we've been planted. Exactly. So Nehemiah, how did he handle this? You know, he did. He prayed. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned yesterday that people will come and talk to me and I'll ask them if they're praying. And sometimes they're not. They're, they're not praying at all. And I don't know how we can do what we're, what God wants us to do if we're not talking to him. But... um Nehemiah prays, and here's what it says in Nehemiah 4, 4, and 5. Hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves be captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt, and do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger in front of the builders. So Nehemiah's prayer is pretty plain, pretty bold, actually. Pretty like, hey, this is what... Um, this is what's going on. And so, um, I like what Adrian Rogers said. He said, um, you need to remember that you, you, that God is literally inside of you, all this power, all this promised Holy Spirit. God is more powerful than you can imagine. Engage in the spirit with Mm -hmm. prayer before you do anything and turn the fight over to God. Right, right. And, um, that goes along with the scripture that I read in second Chronicles 2015. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. Right. And I love those songs that we got to sing about that yesterday. Right. It's like we sang so many songs about, I opened up with, um, Battle Belongs by Phil Wickham. And, and, and it's actually the chorus talks about what you were just talking about of, you know, what did Nehemiah do? He prayed. And the chorus of that song says, so when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. It's like when, when I'm going to fight, I've got to go to God in prayer first. Right. And, and I've got to go and, and ask him to, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to um to help guide me and that that's I love that quote by Adrian Rogers is that you know you need to remember that God is literally inside of you and I think that's something we forget you know now the scripture that says you know the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives mm-hmm. in us we I, I don't live like that all the time I don't live with that hope in that I don't confidence. know if that, I don't know if it's possible truthfully right but I do know it's possible to to to, to understand that we have the Spirit of God living right. us because um you know. I don't know if it's possible being so frail and so human that 24-7 right, every right. day that – you know what I mean? So you but, always but go in back. Those, the, in, the right. spirit leads you back. He convicts you. That's, exactly. that's the power of the Holy Spirit. But in those moments, like we've, we've got to be the ones that – you said the word intentional. We've got to be the ones to right. tap into that, right. that power and exactly. tap into the spirit. I agree. And that's the part, that's the part of um, you know, you know, communicating like praying. We mm-hmm. have to pray to God. Hey, God, right. I, I know I'm going to mess up. I know this, you know, I woke up on the wrong. Just be honest. Yeah. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Uh, you know, I'm fighting temptation today. I need the Holy Spirit to convict me if, if, where I need to be convicted. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, God, like, whole, it's like that prayer a couple of weeks ago. You said the person would pray and it's like, yeah. God, I, I, you know, I've been doing pretty good so far today. I haven't, you know, cussed. <laughs> right. I haven't had any bad thoughts and, and I know I'm getting ready to get out of bed. But right. like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, anybody ever had that before yeah. I got out of bed? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 100% on that one. So, but I, um, 
I love the Apostle Paul, Ephesians six twelve. He says, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against the rulers and against the authorities of the unseen world, against the mighty powers in this dark world, and against the evil spirits in the heavenly places. And um, this, this this is something we have to get in our mind. This isn't praying that something bad is going to happen to somebody because right. they mistreated you exactly. or because they said something bad about you. This is literally – It's not about s- revenge. No. This is you asking God to hold back Satan's attacks. On you right. and your life. Hold it back. And do you believe that prayer can work? Absolutely. I believe it can work. 100%. God, hold back the attack of Satan in my mm-hmm. life today. And you know what? Pray for this day. Pray for this day. And then you know what you do? You turn the weapons of Satan against him. And I think that's important to to remember as well. And you know, what you said, pray it for this day. Exactly. You know, so often we get hung up. And we've talked about this over the past few weeks. But we get so hung up in what's going to take place tomorrow and the mm-hmm. day after that and the day after that. It's like, you know, we need to... To focus on right here and right now, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus says we're not we're not promised tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. He says, let's focus on today. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, Number today two. has enough troubles of its own. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Number two is uh, is trouble, and um, this is literally to wear you down. Yeah, exactly. Think about all the trouble you've been through in your life. Mm-hmm. What does it do to you? It, it tires you out, right? You you. It gets you to a place that you don't want to be. Right. And so you get weak. And this is this is what this is all about. And so you'll focus on your health, your marriage, your work, the issues going in the in the world. Um, and you're you'll find out a lot about yourself when you go through right trouble. Right. And um I um you know, I, I reminded everybody yesterday that God's not the author of the trouble that you see nope. in your life or no. in this world. It, that comes directly from Satan. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I wanted to remind everybody yesterday that Jesus actually, you know, came to seek and save that which is lost, but he also came to break the bonds of Satan. Exactly. In our life. In fact, in first John three eight, it says the son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Yep. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's the works of the devil for this world, but also the works of the devil in, in your life. And, um, so, you know, it's very important to realize that, um, you know, that when you get to a point in your life where you start questioning God and asking God, why is this happening? God, right. why, you know, and, and you start to blame God, right. it's not God. It's not God. It's and not God. And, and I've had that conversation so many times with people and, and, and there are times for me that I forget that it's like, God, why did that? Well, hold on. Let's think about it. And you and I've talked, it's like, you know, there's. There's sin in the world, there's death in the world, there's sorrow, there's pain, there's confusion. All of that stuff is in the world for one reason, because Adam and Eve sinned. You know, exactly. God didn't create all of that. It happened, and, uh, you know, you, you brought up yesterday the woman um, who had been dealing with bleeding for, what was it, 18, 18 years? years yeah. 18 years, she'd been dealing with his medical condition pretty much. Um, and Jesus heals her of that, but he says, this dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. He's reminding, you know, his disciples here yeah. that, look, you know, she didn't do anything wrong. You know, she, Satan is the one who brought this on. Exactly. Satan is the one who brings trouble. And immediately heals her. Yeah. Immediately. Well, and I love that, too. Just the faith that this woman had that if she could just barely touch the hem of his cloak— she would be healed. Imagine, imagine, imagine if you had that kind of faith. Hmm. Really? Yep. That, because the Bible tells us if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed and saying to the mountain, be go walk into the sea, it'll happen. Yep. Do you actually believe that could happen? Mm-hmm. 
This is this is this is huge. This this takes faith. I mean, this is huge. Mm-hmm. So faith is also understanding that God is in control when everything around me is out of control. Right. It's kind of like that meme. I don't know if you sent it to me or who sent it to me about that little yellow dog sitting in the middle of that big fire thing. You remember? He's like every the whole world's raging and just going crazy around him, and he's sitting there like reading a book. And he's like, "Oh, everything's fine." <laughs> right. That's kind of like God's in control. The world could be raging around you, but guess what? I'm fine because God's got this. Exactly. And I trust that God has got this. For sure. So Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, here's what it says. When Sambalat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps of the wall in Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and to throw us into confusion. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. And... um what happens, and this is trouble for Nehemiah, this is to wear Nehemiah down. This is getting him to a place where right. he's going to stop. He's going to stop doing what God wants him um, to do. And um, so this is to wear you down. If you get worn down by Satan, um, just like you said earlier, he's going to start whispering in your ear, you know, mm-hmm. God doesn't really care about you. Look what you're going through. Look at the financial problem. If God really loved you, you wouldn't be going through marriage problems right now. You know, how how can God be so good when everything's so bad right now? He's just going to get you to doubt right. the goodness of God is right. what he's going to exactly. do. Well, and the truth is, is, you know, with these next two verses that we have to remember is we can't just kind of walk through life just being – um, complacent, I think is maybe the right word, thinking, right. well, you know, God, God's got this. Like, you know, we have to be ready to fight against that too. Like God has given us everything we need to fight against it, mainly scripture. Right. You know, you talked about that where, you know, Jesus, when he was tempted by the devil every single, all three times, you know, he, first of all, he hadn't eaten for 40 days. So he's hangry. He's hangry. And Satan comes to him and he, he, you know, he tempts him in three different ways every single time. Jesus responds with scripture. You it's know, written. it is written. And, and so we have to remember that God has given us everything we need to combat Satan as well. Nehemiah four seventeen and 18 says, The laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting their load and one hand holding a weapon. All the builders, all the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeters stayed with me to sound the alarm. And then uh, in verse 23, Nehemiah says this, During this time, none of us, not I, not my relatives, nor my, excuse me, nor my servants, nor the guards who were with me, even took off our clothes. We carried our weapons with us at all times, even when we went for water. They were ready. They didn't want to have a, a an altercation, but if something came their way, they were ready to defend themselves. So I'm not so sure, so sure I did that whole thing justice yesterday because, um, be honest with you, when you think about the picture, the picture of Nehemiah carrying his weapons with him all the time, that, that was an intentional decision to carry that. They, they were going to do that. And I, and I think that as a Christian, we have to get in a spiritual mode and we have to get into the spiritual mode. We carry weapons with us all the time. Exactly. So you literally have weapons that, that you carry with us. Well, so if you, if you think about it for them, it probably slowed them down. Yeah, you know, because they're trying to work, and and the weapons of their day probably weren't super light. Especially the swords no. weren't weren't super light. Not at all. Not um, at all. Sorry, I cut you. No, off. no, no. You're fine. And so I ask a question: Do you believe that you're in a supernatural war every day? Because mm-hmm. I know some Christians that don't. They don't think they're in a supernatural world. It just is what it is. And I can't right. can't hardly fathom and believe that somebody would think that we're not in a right. supernatural right. world. 
Um, but um, the thing about it is, so if you believe that you're in a supernatural war and you and I are in the in a war for the souls of men and women so they will not go to hell and they're going to go to heaven, then God's going to give you weapons. Mm-hmm. God's going to give you weapons that are going to be able to combat what Satan is going to do in your life. So in 2 Corinthians 10.4, it says, We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments right and there's a lot of stuff going on today false arguments false human reasoning a lot of stuff that goes totally against god but we have weapons to really deal with that and um so the apostle paul tells us in ephesians 6 16 and this is important because you have a weapon and it's the shield of faith and um I don't know if I did this in both services. I know I did it in at least one. You did it both services. I did it, okay. Yep. Where I had everybody pretend like they were holding up a, um, a shield. Because I think that is an important aspect for us to get in a mental picture of. So in Ephesians 6.16, it says, Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Mm-hmm. I think this is important because not only are they arrows, they're fiery Exactly. And fiery arrows not only can do more damage than regular arrows, they can totally blow you away. And this means that your faith is real. This means it's active. This means you trust God that you are going to be protected from what Satan is going to do. And and I think I said yesterday, if you're if you're one of those people who is a nominal Christian, you just show up to church, you just, you know, give a little money, you take your, take, uh, take communion and you're just rolling through the motions, you're going to be an easy target. Right. You're going to be one of those people who are always going to be like, why me, Lord? Or you're going to be filled with worries and anxieties and fears and you're going to be an easy target for right. Satan. Right. You're going to be easy. Agreed. Um, Paul tells us, um, that we need to know God's word mm-hmm. and because that's our sword. And we've already talked about that. You know, a sword is, Huge. Just like with Nehemiah, if they're carrying swords, that's, that's going to be huge. And the word of God for us is our sword. So in 2 Corinthians 2.17, mm-hmm. it says, We are not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. Yeah. Yep. We preach Absolutely. the word of God. And I was, and maybe I saved it. I was kind of off in la-la land there because I was looking for something um, and I don't think I did save it, but I, I saw this guy's s- shopping on Amazon over there. No, I am actually checking the temperature of my, my pork butts that are in my smoker back home. But anyways, I saw a thing yesterday, I think, or this morning, um, on Facebook and it said something along the lines of, you know, we don't preach the gospel to, um, to increase the numbers in our church. We preach the gospel to keep people from going to hell. And, and, and it said something along the lines of, and no, those two things aren't the same. You know, it's, right. it's not about just adding numbers to to our right to our services exactly because we could add numbers but still those people if they're if they're lost and and you know we're just kind of preaching fluff there's a good chance they're they're going to hell mm-hmm. and and so we preach the gospel to save people from that exactly and um and that's exactly what you know what paul is is saying there you know we're not like the many hucksters who preach for prop for personal profit we preach the word of god with sincerity and with christ's authority knowing that god is watching us exactly it's 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 with a sincere heart right and so i brought up a word yesterday a word that i think we should remember in our life it's the word righteousness and um when you come to jesus christ you have the righteousness of christ that has been given to you by the blood of jesus christ mm-hmm. and um the thing i think that we always have to remember 
and you have to make this personal is that Jesus was made your sin. Yeah. And he died on the cross for your sin. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we get caught up in, oh, Jesus died for the sins of the world. Well, Jesus died specifically you have to make it for personal. your yeah. sin. Exactly. What is your sin? Yep. What, are, what are you doing? He died for that. Mm-hmm. And so you've been instilled the righteousness of God inside of you because of that. Right. In, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. There's, exactly. This is it. This is the only way. Yeah. world's going to tell you that... You can do whatever you want, but that's right. not true. Well, and that's and that's what exactly what I was going to say is, you know, we have to understand as well is that, you know, Christ died. We have to make it personal. Christ died for my sin, but he died for my sin so that I can um, throw off that sin, cast off, you mm-hmm. know, Hebrews 12, 1 mm-hmm. through 3. Mm-hmm. I can cast mm-hmm. off that weight. I can cast off that mm-hmm. sin. And so often the world, Satan, through the world is trying to tell you, hey, you know what? God's going to love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. You just continue to, you know, mm-hmm. do, do what you... God created you that way. God, God yeah. loves you. God, God under. <laughs> I've heard. I've, so I listen to the uh, Atlanta Braves a lot of times on their um, uh, six eighty, the fan or whatever it is, the Sorry. fan. You're, yeah, you know, <laughs> dude. They had a doubleheader against the Mets the other night. Granted, it's the it's the Mets. They're dismal this year. Who won a hundred games last year? Yes. Well, we scored like uh, twenty three points in the doubleheader. I think it's called runs. It's not football. I mean, runs. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, 27. 27 runs. They, the Braves scored in one day between the two games. That's Um, like a football score. Yeah. But anyways, um, be careful who you're listening to, what you're listening to. You know, I'm sure you've, we've actually talked about it, the he gets us movement. I haven't looked a lot into it. What I've, what I've looked into it, I'm really not sold. I, I think it's more along those lines of, hey, Jesus gets us. Right. Jesus ate with sinners and tax collectors. He understands you. You just keep being you. And and here's the here's the deal. Be careful who you're listening to. Um because one of Christian's beloved authors has written a book for them and and he's always been very surfacey anyways, but Max Lucado. And there's going to be people who love Max Lucado and they're going to jump onto that bandwagon, but I really don't think that he gets us movement is is um diving into the gospel. Yeah. I don't think it I don't think they get him. Yeah. Um, and yes, Jesus does love us. Jesus cares for us. But when we um, accept him as our savior, back to where we, where I was going there is, you know, he died for my right. sin. I have to put that sin behind me. You read from Second Corinthians um, 521, 2 Corinthians 517, one of our verses that we mention a lot, you know, anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, meaning we put that behind mm-hmm. us. We, we cast off mm-hmm. that sin. It may c- continue to kind of rear its ugly head and we may have to fight through that and, and work through that. But look, and you know, the new life has begun. Right. And so that's know, a part of the new life. That's what righteousness is. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, the thing I think with the Christian community and the world is we love these stupid catch phrases. Right. You can't judge me. Right. Jesus right. ain't with sinners. You, exactly. You know, oh, and that thing for 30 God years. Is, yeah. So you hear all these. God is love. Yeah. You, you hear all these stupid catch phrases and you know, some of them, I'll be honest with you, they're true, but they, they, they stop short. Right. Because there is, but there's no death. Then right here, you know, um, yeah, he ate with sinners, but if you listen to when he ate with them or he was with them, he was he talking condone, to them. He was teaching right. them. He was leading them. Yeah. He was telling them a better way. He was talking to them about the kingdom of God right. and how they could have that. They don't have it. Mm-hmm. He's telling them how they can have mm-hmm. that. Now, 
the ones that he was rough on were the ones who were religious who thought right. they knew it all. Right. So right. he had what basically Yes, he ate with sinners, so he was patient with them, trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. He had no patience for the Pharisees and the religious people. Who should people. have known better. But both of those, mm-hmm. Pharisees, whatever, those who we ate with, they still had to do one thing, change. Yep, repentance. Yeah. Both of them. Yep. So he wasn't giving them a free pass, and this is the thing that galls me and fries my hide more than anything, is that we just give maybe everybody a free pass. Maybe that's going to be the title, galls that's me a, and fries hey, my hide. In January, new sermons, new sermon series. Fries, fries my, my hide. hide. <laughs> Grab bag too. Sizzles my bacon. <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I know I beat this um, passage of Scripture to death. But, you know, when someone tells me that, it's like, well, you know, Jesus gets us. Jesus loves me. Jesus wants me to be happy. Yeah, he, he does. But he wants me to live in the, the confines of his His law, of, of his will. Um, you know, I go back to the woman who was caught in adultery. You know, and all, everybody leaves after none of them throw a stone because they weren't sinless either. Right. You know, everybody leaves and he's standing there and he's like, you know, where are your accusers? And he's like, I don't accuse you either. But, you know, he doesn't say but in in the scripture. Right. Um, I wish I would have um, well, went it, deeper it, into Greek. But it, it I mean, it, it, it was, though, pretty much he's like, but go and sin no more. Yeah. You know, go, go and go and leave your life of sin. He's not saying, okay, well, I don't condemn you either. Be on your merry way. But what does he do for her, though? Mm-hmm. He he makes – it has to be her decision. Right. It's her decision. Yeah. That's why he put it that way. Yep. So it's still on her. Right. But here's the thing. I don't condemn you. You're forgiven. Boom, it's done. But you have to do this. Right. From this point on. This is how it's going to be. Yeah. And um, so it's your decision. What do you want to do? And folks – that is not a free pass. Exactly. That's not like don't judge me. Right. I mean, what what Jesus did there, this woman was already judged already by what God had said in the Ten Commandments. Right. So everybody knew it. Mm-hmm. She knew it. They knew it. Jesus knew it. Jesus is like, I'm not going to judge you because guess what? You can go leave your life of sin. You can, there's a new way. There's a kingdom that you can exactly. walk into. Now let's go walk into it. Right. Boom. Yep. This is the this is a mind shift yeah. for people. They just can't. It's a very tough, tough mind shift where it's like, um, do I believe God is love? One hundred percent. Do I mm-hmm. believe that Jesus ate with sinners? Yeah, one hundred percent. But mm-hmm. there's conditions to the love of God. God does love me unconditionally, right? Like I love my kids, yep. like you love your kids, mm-hmm. like you love your grandkids. Like God forbid that one of our kids would do something stupid and mm-hmm. they would go off and kill somebody. You know what? I'm still going to love them, but. There's going to be conditions to my love now, but I'm still going to love them because guess what? They're my child. That's the condition. So, you know, people are like, well, God loves unconditionally. Yeah, he does. But. Right. But. But. Yeah. Yeah. There's the expectation. Speaking about how's your pork butts doing? Uh, One is getting ready. It needs to be pulled off of the smoker. I'm going to text my wife. And say, hey, so Allie, you're Dude, this gonna... guy's been on. Can I just say, we've been doing this almost an hour. This guy's been on his phone probably 50 minutes. That is not true. I'm like, hello? Hello? Hello, Brandon? Grandma? Grandma, are you there? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so number three is compromise. We need to, we need to go on, don't we? We, we do. To, we yeah, we're, it up, we're pushing. This could be a long so, one. So let's, let's, let's hustle through this. Compromise. And this is where you begin to make agreements with Satan. And this is very good. Where Satan says you have nothing to offer God. People wouldn't like you if they know what you did. You know what? You should be guilty for what you've done. And so we, we start buying into that. 
Exactly. But I need to remind everybody, and I'm going to skip through this pretty quick, is that you need to realize that you've been given the righteousness of God, and you also have the mind of Jesus Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 2.16, it says, Who can know the, the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? Mm-hmm. But understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Right. That's big. That is absolutely huge. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, if you've made a compromise with Satan, you need to understand that you don't have to do that, that you have the mind of Christ. You have the righteousness of, of Jesus Christ. So in, in our story, um, in Nehemiah 6, verses 1 and 2, this is Samballot, Tobiah, Geshem, and, and, and the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found that I was finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained, though they, we had not set the doors of the gates. So Samballot and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them into one of the villages in the plain of Ono, but I realized that they were plotting mm-hmm. to harm me. Yeah, they're still trying to get him to compromise. Yeah, and um, you can never agree with Satan. Right. Ever. Right. You know, because, I mean, you will listen to Satan. He'll whisper in your ear, you know, you'll never amount to nothing. God mm-hmm. will never use you. You know, don't get carried away with your Christian faith. Don't stick out like a sore thumb. You know, I said yesterday even, you know, you've been dating a while. Go ahead and sleep with that person. Mm-hmm. You know, God's going to love you. God he, loves he, you. He God knows understands. Where you're at. He knows where he, you're at. He gets us. Right. Exactly. So don't compromise because once you compromise, the next compromise gets easier. Yep. Nehemiah 6.3. So I replied by sending this message to them. I'm engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why would I stop working and come and meet with you? Exactly. He's basically saying, "Not going to happen. I'm not getting. Um, I'm not going to get." Yeah, he he wasn't falling, falling for that. And 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 at that point, I don't know why they thought he would because exactly he, he he's pushed through it. But I love the question that you ask there. Um, do you recognize God's call on your life? And that's, that's a huge question because, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of times that's related to people in like ministry. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, that's their calling. Each and every single one of us, if we are a disciple of Jesus, if we've accepted him as our personal Lord and Savior, we should have a call on our mm-hmm. life. And, and how do we recognize that? You know, and you ask, that's the question, recognize. I love that. It's there, but we have to recognize mm-hmm. it. We have to, to understand it. Well, we recognize it by, by prayer. By reading God's word, we recognize it by surrounding ourselves with the right people who are going to speak God's mm-hmm. truth into mm-hmm. our life. Um, and, and it, but that's mm-hmm. something that it it's not going to smack us, you know, upside the head like a two by four. Right. Like we have to be connected to the vine exactly in order for us to recognize that call in exactly. our life. But we all have a call. We do. And I, I've heard people is like, well, I don't understand what that means. How do you how do you not understand what that means? It, exactly. It's it's pretty pretty simple actually. Well, that's true. The call of our life, you know, it's like okay, you're called in the ministry, you're called to do this, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think it was Billy Graham. I one time heard Billy Graham say that God has called everybody to do something for Him. He said, you know, some have been called to preach, some have been called to teach. He said, have you ever thought about that you have been called to live in your neighborhood? That God wants you right where He had. That not only do you just have your job by accident, but your job is a calling to God right. for that you might be able to represent the kingdom of God where you work. And uh, that's a different mind shift than just oh, I need my job, I needed this, I'm just living in my neighborhood. It's that that God has planted you there for a reason, and that there's a reason for what you do in your exactly life. exactly there are times and i've told people like this i've told Allie this you know she works um, in the secular world she works at scott's miracle grow and and it's like there's sometimes where i get jealous of people like that 
because they every single day are coming into contact with way more people than I do who need to hear the truth of, of the gospel. And it's like sometimes I just wish that I was in that setting so I could develop relationships on that level. And, it's and, a unique place to be, to be honest with you. It is, like, yeah. Can't... And then other days I'm like, you know, and I, and I love what I do here. I, you know, I definitely know that that this is, you know, what God has called me to do. But, um, you know, then other days it's like I, I don't want to be in the secular, you know, work right. industry for anything. But that's why I think it's important, and I and I always pray this prayer that um, God will put people in yes. my way that um, mm-hmm. that I that that I'll recognize, and you know He does yeah. uh, constantly. I have it happen all the time to me, and it's not by accident. I understand that God is actually putting mm-hmm. me um, with people. Yep. That you know need something, and I'll be honest with you, I'll, I'll ignore it because sometimes I'm like I just yeah. want to get out. I just want to, yep. but then I'll just be like take a deep breath, like oh goodness Lord, I know this uh-huh. is ah. Yeah. And I'll stop. And, and that's the big thing. And, and you said the word there again, recognize, you know, you've got to recognize that when right. God does place that. And, and, and you and I've talked about that and you've said it before, but you know, if you pray that prayer, he will, it'll be answered. He'll, he'll place people in your life. It'll definitely happen. Mm-hmm. Number four is accusation. And this is where you begin to question your love and for, for God. Yep. Nehemiah six verses five through seven. The fifth time Samballot's servants came to him with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. This is crazy. Yep. There's a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Gashem tells me it's true. This is that kind of line irritates me. And you know what? He says it's true. It's kind of like, hey, this person says this, so it's got to be true, you know, so listen to me. And that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that's why you're building the wall. According to his report, you plan to be their king. And he also reports that you've appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you, look, there's a king in Judah. You can be very sure of this report. It'll get back to the king. So I suggest that you come down and talk to me. He's trying to strong arm him. Yeah, he is. Like, hey, everybody knows this is true. So you better, you better come do this. So, and that's what Satan does. Right. So Nehemiah replies in, um, verses six through nine of chapter six. He said, there's no truth to any part of your story, none whatsoever. You're making the whole thing up. So they were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us to stop the work. So I continued to work with even greater determination. Mm-hmm. And this is where you were like, hey, you know, I know that I've not been shy about saying that I've received emails and letters and unsigned letters and unsigned <laughs> emails and emails from bogus accounts. And, you know, when you get those, you're like, it just makes me even more determined. determined. It makes you dig your heels in exactly. even more. You know, the bogus accounts are the ones that get me. Right. I, I just don't understand creating an account just to send me um, and I, I just don't understand yeah. it. You know, it's like, just sign your name. Exactly. Be, be a man or a woman and sign your name. Right. If you got a, if you got an issue, talk it over. I'm probably not going to agree with you mm-hmm. because you're listening to way too many worldly things. And you know, again, um, I'm trying to help you understand God's word. Right. I'm not trying to irritate you. Sorry for your luck, but I think God's trying to work on you. So if you're listening to this, right. understand it is what it is. Um, you're, you need to get your act together and, um, you know, stop with the, the emails and ask God to speak to your heart and, right. um, see what God's trying to tell you. Number five is people. And this is where God uses somebody in your life, maybe a close friend or relative or an acquaintance to discourage you, to keep you from doing what you're, what you're doing. Nehemiah 610. Later, I went to visit Shemaiah and Delilah, the grandson of Metabal, and was confront, was, he was confirmed in his home, uh, sorry, confined in his home. He said, let me meet, let's meet together inside the temple of God and bolt the doors shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. 
So this is somebody that Nehemiah trusted, somebody exactly. that he knew, somebody that he had visited, and Satan is using him through um, Sanballat and, exactly. and the others to try to get Nehemiah to sin against God. And so Nehemiah has basically said, you know, should somebody in my position come and, and, and you know, be afraid of this danger? And basically he's just saying, I'm not going to do this. Yep. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to get involved in this because guess what? All they're trying to do is to discredit me. Yeah. And, and trying um, to get him to sin by going into the, into the temple. Exactly. He shouldn't have. And it's not going to happen. And exactly. So you have to realize that your enemy is absolutely brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. He's going to do anything he possibly can do to, to pull you aside. Mm-hmm. And um, and I did mention this yesterday, and you've already mentioned it, that Satan's going to try to tempt you. Yeah. And he's going to try to um, drag you away. Yeah. And Jesus was tempted, and we, we we understand that. But Jesus always came back with right. an answer right. of Scripture, and that's what we have to mm-hmm. do. That's why we have to know the Word exactly. of God. That's why we have to talk to God. 100%. Um, and I, um, you know, I, I think that we need to understand that we can go against Satan, mm-hmm. but you have to stand strong. You have to, and hold I used the shield up. I used a passage of scripture from the message yesterday and I never rare. quote from the yeah, message, I, I know. but I like the way this was phrased mm-hmm. and it's James four, seven. It says, so let God do his wor- his will in you. Y'all allowed no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God, and he and he'll be there in no time. Mm-hmm. So yesterday I told everybody to yell no real loud, and they did both yep. services, yep. And, they, and they did a good job. And I said you have to do this out loud, right? You literally have to do that because you say this no, Satan is never going to hear you. He's not God. He's right. not inside of you. He'll never hear this. So you got to say this out loud, exactly. And so we need to, you know, make sure that we keep our eyes on Jesus. We got to fight mm-hmm. back. We got to fight back against Satan. We got to right. stand strong. Yep. So it's all about keeping our eyes on Jesus. It's all about keeping our eyes on Jesus. It's all about, you know, and, and I think, you know, that idea that you just said of standing strong, keeping our, our focus where it needs to be and not letting, you know, and realizing that sometimes God will use people exactly. to try or not. Sorry, God, Satan will use people that we trust, that we know to try to, to get us off track. Right. It may be a family member. It may be a friend, spouse, it may be a spouse, and Child. so that's why we have to to know the word and be in the word maybe regularly. Grandma Chanel. Yeah, and you said yesterday. I don't know that you brought this up today. Maybe Grandma Chanel. <laughs> I'm so dearie. Um But anyways, you you said yesterday you were talking about you know how um, you know you've talked to people and and you've been talking with them about things that are going on in their life, and you ask them the question: Well, are you reading the Bible? Are you praying? And I think you mentioned this in, yeah. in the sermon. And, one time. And they're like, well, no. It's like, I don't know what to do to help you because if you're not tapping into what God has given exactly. you, then God's not going to speak to you. I mean, people think it's so simple that right. I just got to read my Bible and pray. But you got to read your Bible and pray believing, exactly. trusting. That's the difference. Yep. I love the... Um, quote by Mark Batterson. He's got a lot... Very, Mark Batterson's very quotable. He actually is. Um I've done some some men's studies that he's gotten that we've got on Right Now Media. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have a Right Now Media account, you can go to our website, Richwood.church, go to the media account and create one. Um, free videos uh, for men, women, it's really good children. Stuff. It's really good stuff. And Mark's got quite a few good things on there, especially for men. But he said, focus on Jesus today. Don't allow one single distraction from the world to pull you away from Christ. You can do this if you don't take your eyes off Jesus. And he's right. Yep. 
Doesn't mean it's going to be easy, nope. but you can absolutely do this. Yep. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Let us run with endurance. You already read this. Yep. The race that God has set before us. We do this by what? Keeping, Keeping our, our eyes, eyes on, on Jesus. Jesus. The champion who initiates and he perfects our faith. Mm-hmm. Yep. We don't perfect our faith. Nope. We don't do anything to help our faith get stronger. Jesus is the one that perfects our faith, so we got to keep our eyes on him. But many Christians think that we do actually we, perfect yeah, our right. faith. Right. And this is the this is the pity of it all. So Yeah. It is. Um, we're running a little long in the tooth today, but that's okay. Maybe. I mean if if people can uh you know, you can you can either pause this or quit listening or yep. whatever. I, I've talked to people and they're like, Yeah, I listened to half of it on the way to work and half of it on the way home and Exactly. So Exactly. Well, just a few reminders to all of you who are still listening. Uh <laughs> we have Women at the Well. It's an evening of praise and worship on August the twenty fifth from six thirty to eight in the RCC Fellowship Hall. And um this is for ladies, so if you you can sign up for that um, or you can show up I uh, don't forget it we've already mentioned the RCC fair service September 3rd at 10 a.m. you can pick up passes anytime you can get them all the way up until like hopefully that day but you can pick them up Sunday at the Welcome Center if you want to do In that. years past, we've even left some hanging on the doorway here at exactly. RCC with a note of saying, hey, just a reminder, we're not here, exactly. but here's some passes. Join us at the fair. Got women's Bible studies. Um, Wednesday, September 6th, uh, women will begin a, a study called Abide uh, by Jen Wilkin. You ever heard of Jen Wilkin? I have not. I have not either. I um, wonder if she's quotable. Maybe. I'll have to look her up. Um, but it's going to be a study of uh, first, second, and third John. You can sign up at richwood.church forward slash uh, women, women uh, for a workbook, workbook. You can also sign up for an Isaiah uh, 53 to 66 study. And this will begin on Monday, September the 11th at 6 p.m. And it'll be meeting at Sue Ellen Ackerman's house. Campfire conversations. Campfire conversations. A lot of, a lot of chick stuff. That's going taking on place right before our very first, I believe it's our first, uh, fifth quarter for middle and high school students awesome. after the first home football game for North Union. So. Awesome. Well, that's going to be, uh, September 8th, 6 p.m. around the RCC fire pit. And it's a opportunity for women to just come together. It says so you can sign up richwood.church forward slash women. Um, also, um, it's actually our second fifth quarter, but is it? Yeah. Gotcha. And then we're going to be starting back our night of prayer. And that's going to be on uh, Tuesday, September the 12th at 6 p.m. We're actually going to be outside in the shelter house or the RCC fire pit. So hopefully we'll have good weather. I was here for night of prayer this past week. It was the second Tuesday. Where were you? Um, well, you must not have read the email that went out. So <laughs> did you lead a song to yourself? I did. I sang it to myself. I wasn't here. I did text you though. I'm like, hey, are you coming to night of prayer? I'm like, uh, on my way. You said I'm doing it. I'm doing it at home. <laughs> yeah, I'm here at home doing it. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there you go. You got the scoop that's coming up, and uh, we've already mentioned we're doing a study on the Ten Commandments starting in September called Written in Stone. Looking forward to that. So lots of stuff. Charlton Heston's actually going to be here. That would be awesome. We you have to dig him up, but that would right? be awesome, man. You know, I should show a clip from that. Should. What if we can get away with that? Can we get away with that? Will, that be, will they let us show it? As you long do? as it's not long, I'm sure. Like You any, know what? I think I'm going to do if that. It's under 30 seconds. I don't know if it would be under 30 seconds, but we've shown clips of stuff before. It'll probably get taken down, but what are you going to do? Yeah, especially especially when he's up and the, the Ten Commandments are getting printed. You know, he's like like moving around and the burning bush and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't watched that in forever. 
I actually looked it up to see if I could find it for free the can other you, day. I mean, sure you can, can't you? I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't find right? it for free anywhere. I could rent or buy it for like three ninety nine. I'd probably be worth it. It would be it's worth like it. It's like a four hour movie because maybe I'll do that and we'll watch it with the kids. I think it was like close to three hours, mm-hmm. but I think what they have done is they have, um, they had taken the cut parts out on some of these you can right. you, and they've redone them, remastered them, whatever yep. they do to that. And then they've added them in because I've seen some of the scenes and, um, now I think that thing is close to four hours long. That's a long, long movie. I'll need a potty break in the middle of that. I no. guess four hours is better than 40, 40 years. So there for you go. sure. Yeah, right? Exactly. I can do it four hours. <laughs> right. 100%. Yeah. So uh, well, I'm looking forward to that. That should be good. That's something yeah. we don't really, I mean, you know, you, you remember being taught about it when right. you were in, you know, elementary school as right. kids, but right. I don't know that we really hit home on it as a series like mm-hmm. that where you walk through each week mm-hmm. hitting one of the 10 commandments. So I'm sure. Um, I'm sure that, um, you know, when you start going through this, it's really, I mean, we know we've heard of the Ten Commandments, but when you start going through and you see what everything is involved, you're realizing, oh, wow, I, this yeah. is something. This, this, this means a lot. Right. God, God meant something with this mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah. Well, and absolutely. And that's, you know, Allie and I were talking about that yesterday, just in the fact I've got, I know we've talked before, I've got the Jesus centered Bible where everything New and Old Testament that points to the Messiah, that points to Jesus, is highlighted in blue. So, you know, okay. you've got the red words that Jesus said in, in the New Testament, in, in the Gospels, but um, everything. And so, like, we read, we were in First Samuel 13, 14, 15, okay. somewhere in there yesterday, and there was, like, three different sections that was highlighted in blue. And so every time, you know, Allie was reading this, you know, that chapter and, and she would read a section. I'd be like, "Okay, hold on," and I would read uh, the part about it and why it was pointing to the Messiah. It's just right, so right. so awesome how you know the Bible is so intertwined and it all points oh, to yeah. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. So, one hundred percent. Well, thank you guys for hanging in there with us, and um, I mean, we can keep going, but um, yeah, I'm gonna need more coffee. <laughs> of course, going. and uh, you're gonna need another hot water bottle heater. I think his is cooled down. I could go for some ice on my on my foot. He nice shawl today though. Thanks. I like it. It's kind of I needed this one. It's from Alpaca Wool. <laughs> he's got he, a shawl around his shoulders and a afghan on his lap. He's all he's doing well. You know the way you talk to me, I feel like the granny from like Tweety Bird. That's exactly <laughs> I, I I was actually going to say that. <laughs> like, if you see a granny from Tweety Bird, this is what Brandon is right now. <laughs> Just sitting there knitting. The grandma uh, from Tweety Bird. There you go. <laughs> there is an image for you. Exactly. So we, um, again, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging in there. Um, we hope that you'll join us again next week um, for some awesome content, hopefully. And uh, you never know what you're going to get. You know, our podcast is like the Cern Grab Bag. You never know you what never you're going to get. So, Craig, you have a great week. You too. Everybody else, see ya.